A few days before Jesus went to the cross to pay the penalty for our sin, he sat with four of his disciples on the Mount of Olives and answered their questions, including, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Are you leaning in like Peter, James, John, and Andrew were? Jesus responded by talking about signs that would come upon the world like a mother's birth pangs as we get closer to the end. Those signs include false Christs, wars and rumors of wars, natural disasters, persecution, pestilence, apostasy, lawlessness, and the worldwide preaching of the gospel. How should we respond to such signs? Follow the evidence, act with assurance, and run with endurance until he comes. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Hello, I'm Brian Davis, and this is Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Always glad to have you join us. Jesus said those words at the Mount of Olives, as recorded in Matthew chapter 24, verse 7. In light of these and other signs of the end of the age, how shall we now live? Ron gives us three practical answers to that question next as he continues his series, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the prophecies of Jesus. Stay right here or look for us at somethinggoodradio.org where you can listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. From Matthew chapter 24, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, Signs, the End is Near. Most of the mainstream uh Denominational churches today have divided over orthodoxy uh, and, and, and the liberalism of the day. And, and you, you name the denomination, uh, they've split over those matters. Um, when you get into the tribulation period in Bible prophecy, uh, following the rapture of the church and the revelation of uh, the Antichrist, when he comes on the stage, there's parallel to that a, a, a major falling away from the orthodoxy of the faith, um, a, a major apostasy. One of the other major characters during the tribulation period is known as the false prophet. Uh, he's, he's another beast in the book of Revelation. He's a religious leader who uh, probably tries to bring all the world religions together into one. It's a religious move as well as a political move, and the false prophet um, uh, adds to the, the power and the strength that the Antichrist coalesces for himself on earth. Uh, but it's coming. I'd like to believe that there's another revival in the church coming and a, uh, a spiritual awakening in America from sea to shining sea. We need another spiritual awakening. We need a revival in the church, and maybe God by His grace still has one in mind. There's nothing prophesied about that. What is prophesied, that as we get closer and closer to the end of the age, well, uh, the difference between a true follower of Jesus Christ who endures to the end and one who 
probably was never a true believer to begin with, but goes the way of the false teachers and the false prophets and the apostasy, um, that will increase as time goes on. A seventh category is lawlessness. Jesus refers to it, uh, rather a sixth category is lawlessness. He refers to it in verse 12. He says, and because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Do I need to convince anybody today that we're living in a time when lawlessness seems to be the rule of the land, at least in some of our major cities across the United States? I mean, this idea of defunding the police, whose bright idea was this? And yet we see anarchy and lawlessness running amok in major cities like Seattle and Portland, New York, Chicago. And the uh, politicians in those cities uh, making deep, deep cuts in the police budgets. The latest one I read this week is uh, one of my beloved Texas cities. Austin, Texas is the latest to, quote, defund the police. $150 million cut from the police budget. That's 34% of their budget. And read the details, they're redistributing that money to all these other services, including abortion. Now, whose bright idea was that? We'll defund the police but, so we can kill more babies. I'll tell you whose bright idea it was. The devil himself. Look behind the veil, friends. And let me, let me, let me show you what I mean here. Because this idea of lawlessness points to none other than a future character that appears on the world stage known as, um, known as the, uh, the Antichrist. Uh, scripture makes it very clear that as we grow closer and closer to the end of the age, lawlessness will prevail. Law and order is out the door. Paul, in his letter to the Thessalonians, says this. In Thess 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, let no one deceive you in any way, for that day, that is the day of the Lord, will not come, he says, unless the rebellion comes first. That's the apostasy. That's the falling away. And the man of lawlessness is revealed. Now he's talking about the Antichrist. He calls him the son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. There is a world leader that will appear on the stage of world history soon after the rapture of the church and will be on that stage for a seven-year period of time known as the tribulation. Paul refers to him as the man of lawlessness. And that is none other than the Antichrist. To the Thessalonians, Paul also says very pointedly, the coming, here it is, the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan. Now, we're not there yet. I, I believe is my understanding in the flow of Bible prophecy, the next event is the rapture of the church, something Jesus doesn't mention in Matthew 24 and 25 because he's speaking about Israel's future, not the church. He alludes to the rapture in John chapter 14. The apostle Paul expands it, expands it in his letter to the Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and Romans chapter 15. That event that will take place in the twinkling of an eye, 
Paul says, where the church is raptured, and shortly thereafter, the man of lawlessness appears like a peacekeeper and a peace negotiator for the first three and a half years. We're not there yet. But Paul goes on to say, until the man of lawlessness actually appears, he says, the mystery of lawlessness is with us. Well, you're seeing the mystery of lawlessness on full display in America today in this defund the police thing. It's a birth pang. It's a birth pang. Lawlessness will increase with intensity and frequency as we get closer and closer to the end of the age. And law and order will be pushed aside. Now, when lawlessness is running amok in our streets and in our neighborhoods, what happens? Well, Jesus says the love of many will grow cold. And you can almost sense a little bit of that right now in our culture. You know, these are, these are challenging times. And, you know, love thy neighbor <laughs> sort of gets tossed out the door when, no, this is all about protecting my family in a lawless city where lawlessness has run amok. Just understand, behind all of that, ultimately, is the activity of Satan himself who will bring his lawless one onto the world stage in the early stages of the tribulation. The final category is the worldwide preaching of the gospel, verse 14, Matthew 24. And this gospel of the kingdom, Jesus says, will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. I love the fact that we have uh, the technology that we have today that can take the gospel around the world and impact people in just remarkable ways. It's one of the reasons uh, we, we, we keep something good radio going. We're literally, as I speak from this platform in time, people around the world are hearing this message, and we hear from, from people in places that I've never visited before. It's exciting to be living in this time, radio, television, all the technology of our day, but still there are places in our world that are unreached. And I suspect that there will be technologies available to fulfill this part of the prophecy where Jesus says, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Uh, he's, he's well into... Uh, the seven years of tribulation. Uh, but certainly, as uh, we get closer and closer to the end of the age, our ability to get messages out to the entire world in a nanosecond. I mean, it's hard to imagine. You go back you know, two or three decades ago, none of us imagined the ability to communicate like we communicate today. But I think that'll even grow in significance. We'll be right back with more of today's Something Good message from Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Something Good Radio is a 100% listener-supported ministry. We depend on your prayers and financial support to help Ron share the gospel of Jesus Christ through these radio and internet broadcasts. When you give today, we want to say thank you with a special gift of our own, the complete audio download to the series you're hearing now, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. That's What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus, a teaching series from Dr. Ron Jones, and for a limited time, our gift to you for your gift to Something Good Radio. 
Give online at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. And now from Matthew 24, here's Ron with the rest of today's message. Signs, the end is near. That's a lot to digest, isn't it? These aren't like uh, Pedro's billboards and signs that put a smile on our face. No, this, this creates some seriousness and somberness in our spirit. Um, so let me just leave you with some ways to respond to these signs. What, what do we do with a message like this and with warnings like this? Do we crawl under our bed and wring our hands in worry and just say, even so come Lord Jesus? No, I say, first of all, follow the evidence. Why do I say that? Because in Matthew 24 and verse 4, Jesus begins with these words, see that no one leads you astray. Uh, These are dangerous times. These are um, also deceptive times where it's easy even for God's people to be led astray. That word astray kind of reminds me of what uh, Isaiah said about us centuries ago, all we like sheep have been led astray, right? And and fortunately, by God's grace, um, maybe you're among those who came to faith in Christ and you came home to follow the good shepherd. But there's a little bit of residual sheep in all of us, isn't there? The hymn writer said, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love, you know? We just got a little bit of residual sheep in us. Jesus said, see that no one leads you astray. When when a false prophet or a false Christ, as persuasive as he or she might be, comes along, first of all, know your Bible well and follow the evidence, the evidence that is in the pages of Scripture. Be like the Bereans who check the Scriptures to make sure that what he or she is saying live and in person, on radio, on television, wherever you might hear the teaching, is giving you the truth, all right? Follow follow the evidence. Secondly, act with assurance. Why do I say that? Because Jesus says in Matthew 24 and verse 6, see that you are not alarmed. (laughs) There will be wars and rumors of wars, and kingdoms will rise against kingdoms, and nations against nations, but, but don't be alarmed. Uh, don't, don't run and crawl under your bed and wring your hands in worry. And Oh, a little bit later in the week, he said to his disciples in the upper room, let not your heart be troubled. Okay? You believe in God, believe also in me, he says. Uh, stay calm, we said last week. Act uh, not in arrogance, but with an assurance that you've read the whole story. And your redemption draws nigh. Is it going to get worse and worse on planet Earth? Oh, yes. We'll talk next week about the worst of times on planet Earth because Jesus takes us into the midpoint of the tribulation and forward, and it really gets bad then. But don't don't worry. Don't, Don't be alarmed by it. Be informed by it and respond accordingly. In the parallel... Uh, Olivet Discourse in Mark chapter 13 and verse 11, Jesus said, and when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, 
Do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. There may come a time, even prior to the rapture, where things get so bad that even Christians are, as many are persecuted around the world today, but even in the West, it, it could go that way, where you're brought to trial uh, for your faith. Don't be brought to trial because you're a jerk for Jesus, but, but for living out your faith, there's a consequence. It's not time to lawyer up and you know, get your response and your defense all planned out. Jesus says, don't be anxious beforehand because the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say in the moment. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah, I, I like that. Thirdly, run with endurance. Follow the evidence, act with assurance, and then just an encouragement to run with endurance. Again, Matthew 24, verse 13, Jesus says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. That is not to suggest that some would lose their salvation because they didn't endure to the end. Now, the reformers used to take phrases like this in the Scripture, and they built their understanding of what they called the perseverance of the saints. This was the idea that a true believer in Jesus Christ would endure to the very end. If they didn't endure to the end, then they probably weren't a true believer to begin with. They bought into a false gospel or followed a false teacher or now, this is why the New Testament always tells us to examine ourselves to see whether we are, we are in the faith. And if that comes back in the affirmative, then run, run this race called the Christian life and run it with endurance. The writer of Hebrews says, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How do we do that? And he goes on to say, by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him... Uh, endured the cross and despised the shame and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Uh, Jesus is our ultimate race runner, and he, he sets the pace for us. Uh, this word endurance is that great uh, New Testament word, hupomone. It, it, it is the idea of, of, of persevering under intense stress and struggle and enduring to the very end. I know these times are hard. I know sometimes, you know, you read passages like this and it seems a little bit scary or you watch the news at night and you say, oh, I just can't take this anymore. Now that's the time to pray to the Lord, give me one more lap of faith. One more lap of faith. Just one more day, you know, to endure. I know the challenges are difficult. They may even get more difficult especially for those who are willing to stand up and go public with their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus told us this ahead of time, that it would be challenging and it would be difficult. But the good news is um, we, we know how the end of the book ends, right? These are all signs that our redemption draws nigh. Even so, come Lord Jesus, the Apostle John prayed at the end of the uh, apocalypse of Jesus Christ known as the book of Revelation. And we pray that way as well. It's a time to examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith because as I understand the pages of Scripture and Bible prophecy, uh, the church will escape the wrath to come, the judgment of God that will fall upon this earth during a period of time, a seven-year period of time that we'll talk about more next week. The church will escape that. That's my understanding of Bible prophecy. That's the rapture of the church. Are you ready?
Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells some stories, some parables, one of which simply says, are you ready? Are you ready? Or will you be caught asleep? Because the rapture will happen in the twinkling of an eye. The Son of Man will come at the end of the seven years like a thief in the night. Uh, the warnings and the preparation come by reading the pages of Scripture and then just being ready, preparing yourself day in and day out, living out your faith. Uh, for some of you, it may start by coming to the cross of Christ for the very first time. Maybe you've dis been deceived into believing some kind of a false gospel. No, come back, come back to the faith that was once delivered to the saints, that Christ died for your sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I can go on and on and on. The faith that was once delivered to the saints, it's calling for you to respond today, if you've never responded, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's calling for all of us as believers in Jesus Christ uh, to live faithfully, to endure to the end, uh, to understand the times in which we are living, not in a way to be alarmed or panicked, but just, just to live with enough realization that today could be the day, tomorrow could be the day, and I want to be prepared. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Thanks so much for being here for today's Something Good radio message, Signs the End is Near. Ron, one of the signs you mentioned at the end of the age is that the love of many will grow cold. Let's talk a little further about that as we wrap things up here on Something Good. Sure thing, Brian. First, let me say that the two commandments Jesus gave us, commandments that sum up the original Ten Commandments, are inextricably linked. He says, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I don't believe you can do the second all that well without doing the first. And I believe if you're not doing the second, neither are you doing the first. So as I consider this particular sign of the end of the age, the idea that the love of many will grow cold, I believe it will not only be the love for our neighbor growing cold, but also our love for God. Because if you're not doing one, you're not doing the other. And this is where we as believers in Christ have to be wary. We have to be careful. Certainly, we don't want our love for God to fizzle, to fade, to grow cold. But the moment we catch ourselves failing to love our neighbor, uh, we have to assume our love for God is not quite as strong as it once was, or as strong as it should be. So let's take great pains to focus on our love for God, to truly love Him as He commanded. And I think we'll find that if we do that, we'll be able to love our neighbors the right way, even when the temptation increases to allow our love to grow cold. 
That's Dr. Ron Jones with some final thoughts from his message, Signs the End is Near. Thanks so much for sharing that insight with us, Ron. Well, as the clock ticks down on us once again, tell us where you're headed next time as you continue your series, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. You know, Brian, one of the reasons why the love of many will grow cold in the last days is that the people on earth will one day live through the darkest days in the planet's history. Now, I don't believe Christians today will have to go through that time, uh, known as the Great Tribulation, but many people will, and those will be dark, dark times. I'll get into some of the specifics, including what is known as the abomination of desolation, when we meet next time as I continue my teaching series from Matthew 24 and 25 titled, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. That's tomorrow in Dr. Ranchon's message, The Worst of Times on Planet Earth. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. God bless and thanks for listening.